You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Red Leg Nation Radio. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, flying solo here for just a moment. I was joined by our good friend Mark Sheldon, one of the Reds' beat writers for the beat writer for MLB.com. He took a little time out to speak with us. Let's go ahead and jump right into that. Joined here today with uh, our good friend Mark Sheldon, the beat writer for the Cincinnati Reds for MLB.com. How are you doing today, Mark? Chad, I am fantastic, but I am ready to come home. <laughs> I, I bet, I bet. And I really do appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, of your time for us. Uh, when, when are you coming back home? I'll be home. I'm leaving. I'm skipping Saturday's games as a split squad game on Saturday, but I'll be leaving uh, first thing in the morning, and I'll be home Saturday afternoon, which I'll be very happy about. I love Arizona. I love the weather, but it's it's time to go home. Seven weeks anywhere but home is always a long time. That is a, that is a long time uh, when you leave a family back home uh, and, and out there working. We'll talk a little bit more about your work in a moment, but for, I've, I've not been to, to Arizona. I, I keep saying I'm going to get out to Goodyear. haven't done it yet. Uh, now, I know you've been slaving away at your day job out there, um, and I don't mean that sarcastically. I know that you uh, you guys are working really hard out there. But can you give us regular Joes uh, some idea of what it's like, uh, what Arizona what, – what's it like spring training in Arizona? Well, it's, it's, it's different in Florida in the sense that everything is closer together. There's 15 teams out here. Uh, there's no road trip that's longer than 45 minutes. So if the Reds, like last night, the Reds played the Cubs in Mesa, that was a 45-minute drive. That's the worst trip I'm ever going to take all spring. In Florida, you could be in the car for six hours in one day. If you have a game at Kissimmee or in Lakeland or Dunedin, you're, you're in the car a lot. So it's, it's a, that's a big difference. But the, the days out here, as, as, as much as you work, it's not as bad as Florida because – you get there early in the morning, and sometimes, especially earlier in camp, you get in around 7, 7.30, and you go to talk to Dusty Baker in the morning, and you get the, the workouts, and you talk to the players, and you could be done by 3 or 4. Uh, once the game starts, it, it's a little bit later, but not too bad, and, and but it, it's it's manageable, but it's a... Uh, it's funny how you get on a big pace for a while. You come in and you, you do your morning acting, you have clubhouse access, you watch batting practice, you have a little bit more clubhouse access, and you watch a game. But when the game's over, you can go home, and your home is in 15 minutes, as opposed to Florida where you may have to drive back from Tampa for an hour or two hours, depending on traffic. So it, it's it's much better out here than in Florida. Well, I- I think every Reds fan needs to try to make that trip at least once, and uh, and everyone that goes there tells me it's a, it's a great time. It's a good setup for for the fans that want to go out there and see everyone a little little more laid back in some ways. So, uh, but but I know you're ready to get back home, and and uh, it's new season getting ready to start. Do you? Uh, I guess the the question everybody's optimistic about this year's team. Do you sense? Um, sort of a, a feeling of unfinished business around the Reds, or do you expect to see that if, you, if you're not been able to see it yet? No, I, I've seen that. I, I felt it. I think uh, no one likes what happened last year, getting knocked out by the Giants the way they did after winning, going up 2-0 in San Francisco was terrible for the team. They did not like that. They, they really felt disappointed. And then going into this year, I think Jay Bruce put it best, is 
they have higher expectations on themselves than anyone outside the club could have on them. And they really do feel like they need to, to take it further, farther, and better. Um, if they don't get past the first round of the playoffs this year, it's a huge disappointment. It's a failure. And they know that. And um, this team has a lot of heaped up on it. The, the acquisition of two has made it turned up a notch even just because they were missing a leadoff hitter last year. Well, now they have a leadoff hitter. Um, so, you know, they have a really good rotation. They have a very strong bullpen. They have a, a ro- otherwise good lineup. And I think those are the things that make people feel confident about the team this year, that they can go not just win the division, but, but go further. And that's, they're not just thinking about uh, winning the division. They're, they're thinking bigger picture than that, which is a, a different vibe than I've seen in this clubhouse uh, in the past. I know you guys. When you're following the team, you're on the beat. You're uh, you're not you're not fans of the team. Uh, you're but it's got to be a lot more interesting to cover a team that's uh, doing well, expected to do well, in which there's sort of some positive vibes around the club. Seems seems to me anyway, it'd be a lot a uh, lot more interesting to cover a team like that. Is that true? You're actually right about the, the part that we're not fans of the team. I'm not a fan of the team. I'm not a huge baseball fan, of course. But what uh, I would say this camp, though, other than the oldest Chapman. Uh, question has been one of the least interesting camps. There really hasn't been a whole lot of action as far as news stories and, and things that go on. When teams aren't very good or when teams are kind of on the, the cusp but they're not quite there yet, there's a lot more questions. But when you came into this camp, most of the roster questions were pretty well figured out before we even got here. I mean, the only question was whether it's going to be Chu, uh, whether Chu could play center field or not. He's proven he could. Joey Votto's knee, was it okay? He proved pretty quickly it was okay. And then, of course, in the roster decision, is it Mike Leak or Aroldis Chapman for the fifth spot? Or will Chapman close? And really, there hasn't been a whole lot of crazy roster battles. There's only been the battle for the backup infielder spot, the, maybe a bullpen battle. You know, right now they're deciding towards the, uh, who's going to be like the last bullpen guy. But it hasn't been as much. When you have a winning team, things are pretty quiet. And when you have a losing team and some of the teams I covered when I first got to Cincinnati, you have a lot more people and a lot more questions and a lot more stories. Well, no question about that. And obviously the one big story uh, was the Aroldis Chapman uh, scenario, as you mentioned a moment ago. And I, I, I don't have any interest in getting into the merits of that uh, decision. I've said my piece. I probably need to just let that one uh, die. But is there any sense around the club uh, that everyone's just glad to have it, the decision made so they can move on and, uh, really prepare for this season, or is that just not even? I know these guys are professionals, but it, but is there any sense like that? No, I, I I never noticed anything different in the clubhouse. I think you had a a lot of players, and I, I, a couple of them on the record, like like uh, Bronco Arroyo, did not think that Chapman could be a starter, and I think just having him be the closer, everyone kind of is comfortable with that. If it's the tried and the true, and and they and a lot of baseball players, and I think people in general, baseball guys, I guess. Just like going with the known entities, and that's a known entity that he can close and he could be an all-star and, and be the shutdown guy in the ninth. It would have been more daring to have him start. I, In my preference, if I was making this team up, I would have had him as a starter. But that's just it's done. It's, it's not happening. So, uh, But, no, but I didn't get any sense of any change in the clubhouse, the dynamic. I mean, Mike Leak, uh, you know, it, it was never that a role this Chapman was great to be a starter or Mike Leak was – lousy. It, it right. was never like that. It, it, I think a lot of people try to make it like that, that somehow if, if they, it was Chapman versus Leak and Leak was 
awful in there. He's not chopped liver. He's actually an above average fifth starter. He's a, you know he's good for that role. So they're very confident with Mike Leake in this spot. This is the rotation that started 161 of 162 games last year. Four guys pitched 200 innings. Five guys made 30 starts at least. So they're they're good with this, and they know that this is a rotation if it stays healthy and is capable of doing good things. Well, you know, my opinion obviously was that I, I wanted him to try Chapman as a starter too, but uh, what's done is done, as you said. Uh, speaking of Mike Leak, I'm glad you mentioned that because it, it's absolutely true. It shouldn't have been a, a Leak versus Chapman uh, situation and, and because a lot of times what happens is the the uh, the feeling around uh, the, the Reds, uh, I guess, fan world is that, well, Leak's, Leak's awful is, is what comes across, and he's not. And, and matter of fact, there have been good reports about how uh, his numbers haven't been great, but there have been good reports about how he's looked this spring. Is he ready to take even the next step? He's getting to his uh, his prime years when we should expect uh, possibly uh, him to take uh, maybe the step that Humber Bailey took last year. Well, two years, two seasons ago, he was very, very good. He led a team in wins, actually. Uh, last season, he was lousy for about the first six or seven starts. I think he had an 0-5, 7 plus ERA. So, and then he kind of straightened it out, and he was pretty good. And he was just, but he was inconsistent overall. I think this spring he's been pretty good. He had one start where he got absolutely lit up like a Christmas tree. I was not at that start, but I heard he was not very good. Today he pitched and he looked really good. He was doing very well. Henry Mezzarocco had a good group going. They were working together very well. It looked good. What makes Leak different than Chapman in this sense is that a role this Chapman can cover up a lot of mistakes just with his with his power, with his velocity. He can be wild and throwing 100 miles an hour, and they won't hit him. If Mike Leak doesn't have pinpoint control that day, he can get hit hard, and that's the thing. He needs to be right on, spot on every time out. If he's not locating well, it could be a long day for him. But I think uh, as long as he's working well, he can be a very good pitcher, and, yes, he can take the next step. And, and very importantly, he wants to take the next step. He wants to be the fifth 200-inning pitcher on that step. He doesn't want to be the guy that's not throwing 200 innings. So, uh, it, it's whether it's possible or not, we'll see. But I think what I've seen in camp so far, and the times I've seen him, I've missed a couple of his starts. I think he's looked pretty good. That's good to hear. Now, you mentioned last year how how lucky the Reds really were with respect to how injury free the rotation was uh, until the postseason, of course, uh, when Cueto got injured. But what what do you sense? Uh, the Reds certainly have to have a plan if a starter were to get hurt early in the season. Uh, what do the Reds do? You know, the day after they made the uh, or the couple of days after they made the decision on Chapman, had a couple of pitchers take uh, line drives uh, off right. their body. Uh, what happens, it, 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 and you may not even be able to speculate about this, but do you have any opinion about what might happen if a starter gets hurt early in the season, which way the Reds will go? Yeah, they have a few options, actually. They actually have more options this year than they would have had last year because last year they really didn't have a whole lot of depth at, at AAA. They had Brett Tomko, if you may remember, and the one time they needed to start, they called a Todd Redman, who was not a world beater in terms of starting. He was not a prospect. He was just a veteran guy that happened to be in AAA. Well, this year, uh, Tony Singrani, but I would, my expectation would be the first guy in line to be called up if anything happened to the rotation. You have Daniel Corsino, who had a very good year at Double A last year, who has a lot of uh, comparisons to Johnny Cueto, uh, maybe to be a guy called up. And then you look at somebody if they need a veteran. Armando Galarraga did not have a bad spring, um, and he's obviously got starting experience, and he's a guy that if they needed a starter, 
uh, on short notice or just for like a spot start type of guy they could call him in. Or if it was literally a spot start, for whatever reason, Sam LeCure could probably do it if they had to. So I think they have some more options this year than they did last year. Speaking of options and options that uh, Dusty Baker has at the top of the lineup, you mentioned Shinsu Chu a moment ago, but uh, you know most Reds fans really probably haven't paid a whole lot of attention to to that guy before this year. I, I've been in love with him as a player for a while, and I'm, I'm really excited to have him at the top of the lineup. Everyone says, everything I read about him, is that he's a great guy. I like him for his on base percentage, but uh, what can you tell us? Uh, what can you tell Reds fans about Shinsu Chu? What are we going to see out of this guy? Well. On the offensive side, he's a very smart hitter. He is a uh, he's got a really smooth, very um, what, what Todd Frazier told me for a story I worked on the other day was his swing is kind of lottie dots, a very smooth, easy rhythmic swing until he hits the ball, and then it, it, the ball just comes off his bat really well because he always gets the barrel of the bat squared up on the ball and he drives it and he lines his line drives and he. He's very methodical with his swing, and he can he can do that no matter where the ball's located. Um, defensively, I, I think he's been very impressive in center field. For all the, the hemming and hawing from a lot of fans and the media, was whether you know he couldn't play center field because he hasn't played it since what, 2009. Uh, he's actually played it pretty well out here. He's uh, made some good plays from the get go. Even when he missed some time with the back injury, he came back and he never looked like a liability in center field. So. If you can play center field out here where the outfields are a lot bigger and longer and, and the ball flies out pretty hard and it's harder to see in the sun, he should be able to play center field at Great American Ballpark. So I think fans should feel optimistic about him and defensively. Will he be as good as uh, a center fielder as this does? No. No, he won't. Uh, but I think he'll be fine for what they need. I think the trade-off is they're going to give up some defense in order to get what they can get from offense because that's going to create a lot more run-producing opportunities when he gets on base. Well, I hope no one's expecting him to be Drew Stubbs in center field because very few players are as good defensively as Drew Stubbs. Uh, but I think you're right. If he can be adequate at the top of the order, then I think that his bat uh, makes up more than makes up for it. And, and having him at the top of the order really does sort of fundamentally change his lineup, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, last year they were not getting creating situations for Joey Votto or whoever was going into Joey Votto, whether it was the third side. There was no, no one in the top opportunity. And you saw that when they finished and run year, and it just wasn't happening. And then when you you, you roll the lineup around, you know, right hitting and around, capable of driving in a run as he is staying on base. So it's it's going to be different if. He does what he's supposed to do, and you know he'll strike out a bunch. Still, he, he struck out 150 times last year. He's not perfect, but and he's not the prototypical leadoff hitter. But he can definitely uh, get on base and, and work counts and, and do what he has to do. Well, he does have a little more power than uh, a lot of leadoff hitters, and you're right, he's not prototypical. But I just love the fact that having him in front of Joey Votto and, and Jay Bruce and whoever else might be up there, uh, it should give the Reds a lot more scoring opportunities. So uh, the offense. Obviously, the pitching carried him last year, probably the number two rotation in the National League. Uh, but if that offense improves any, this team, uh, yeah, well, sky's the limit, I guess. Well, it's what makes them really a lot of people's favorite to win the division. Um, I think they're going to win the division. Uh, it won't be like the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals are going to be a good team, and the Reds aren't going to run away with it. But right now, the Reds have 
almost as good as the lineup as the Cardinals have. I, I would say the Cardinals have a slightly better offense. The Reds have the better rotation. They definitely have the best bullpen. They play the best defense. I, I think got to get the right now in the, in, over St. Louis or anyone else. That's what I like to hear. Uh, now, uh, you mentioned Joey Votto a moment ago. Uh, he's healthy and no reason not to expect another uh, Joey Votto-type season, I guess. And, and that's important for the Reds. It is, and he's, he's very driven. He's been – it's funny. I, I talked to him today, and he's had a, a very good spring all throughout. Usually he has a slow start and kind of comes on the last – but he's been really numbers-wise good. But he says he doesn't feel like he's having a good spring. He feels like he's – yeah, his numbers are there, but he's not doing what he wants to do. But at the same time, I think he also expects a lot more from himself than other people do. And he's, but he's doing well. And his, the most important thing is that his knee isn't bothering him. He's never, he doesn't wear a brace on his knee. He's not limping. He's not showing any signs that he's uh, favoring anything. And he's been doing okay. He's still working on the sliding. I, I saw him the other day. He's out in the backfield. They, they water the grass, make it nice and wet and slippery. And he's in his socks uh, practicing sliding on his other leg uh, with uh, one of the coaches. And it's a kind of a, a new thing. But he really wants to be able to contribute all the way around and make that part of his game too. And he's not going to, like he did at the end of last year, not slide, which is what he had to do. But I, I think he feels like he's healthy. I think it's going to take some time to – fully mentally believe that he's okay and that he won't get hurt against sliding. That, that always comes with a, your first major injury, but I think overall he's going to be okay, and you got to look at him immediately as a, a preseason MVP candidate. And, and before he got injured last year, he was definitely in the, the triple crown running, so we'll see what happens. You mentioned the word driven with respect to Votto, and that's really the best word it seems like to describe him. You've been around a lot of good players over the years. Have you ever covered anyone even remotely like Joey Votto? Um, I mean, a lot of players that covered are very driven. I, I covered players in, in Cincinnati and Minnesota that are they, – they, I mean, you're not in the major leagues unless you're driven. You're, you're ambitious. You want to play and be better. But what makes Jim stand out maybe is that he's probably the smartest player I've ever been around. He can do things at the plate and make adjustments that I just haven't seen other people do, whether it's changing his footwork in the, in the batter's box, choking up in a certain count, especially with two strikes. He'll, he'll be willing to – go from uh, looking for a big hit earlier in the count to just trying to get on base later in the count. He can draw walks. He can do a lot of things. He, and he's also a hard worker because he, if you remember when he first came in the league, he was not known for his defense. He was actually considered below average defensively, and he won a gold glove a couple of years ago. So he's not only is he driven, he's, he's very intelligent, and he's just very talented naturally and that he's able to do this. But he also is willing to work and do all the things he has to do. He's not a superstar that has got the huge contract and now is just going to phone him in for the next 10 years. He's going to be very productive for a long time as long as he's healthy. How's his uh, cohort out there, Jay Bruce, looking this spring? Jay's looked pretty good, too. He, he started off slow like a lot of guys did, um, but he, Jay Bruce came on, too. He, he's had a couple of home runs that have been absolutely sensational, even for Arizona standards, where he's hit him a mile. Um but he, he's been he's been fine. Jay's as has been written about ad nauseum. It's all about consistency for him, and yeah, he's got to avoid those gigantic peaks and valleys where he hits 400 one month and 100 the next month, and it's just one of those things. He's going to have to shorten those uh, those skids. But I think 
every year, though, he keeps trending upward with his production. He had 34 homers last year and 99 RBIs, and there's no reason to think that he can't hit 40 homers and get 100 RBIs. So we'll see. But right now he's had a he's been fine this spring. It hasn't been any trouble, and I, I, you know defensively he's always going to be sound. He's got a great arm. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Let's just quickly, if we could, talk about um, a couple of the, I guess, position battles. And you mentioned earlier, and you're correct, there weren't very many position battles uh, with the Reds this year. And the ones that they did have, other than Chapman, obviously, which is maybe not technically a position battle, were for backups and and into the bullpen type situations. So uh, the one interesting one to a lot of Reds fans, though, was the backup catcher battle between Devin Mesoraco and, and Miguel Olivo. Uh, Mesoraco evidently has looked pretty good this spring. Uh, is, is that that's yeah. what we hear anyway? Is that true? No, it's what I've seen. Uh, it's he's been, if not the best, one of the best as far as offensively this whole spring. He, the the ball isn't just he's not just getting hits. He's he's hitting the the ball very soundly and very hard and, and getting the barrel on it. And he's looked good. And I think he can't put too much into it because of his spring training and. He, People are doing different things, not throwing the pitches they would normally throw in certain counts and whatnot. But for what spring training is, he's looked very good, and he knew that he couldn't just use this camp just to get ready for the season. He had to come in and earn a spot. That was different than last year. Last year, he knew he was on a team. This year, he didn't know, and he had to go out and get it, and he did. He earned the spot. It wasn't like by the fall. It wasn't because Miguel Oliva didn't play well. He played uh, – Mesoraco played very well, and he, he earned it, and, and – uh, now the question is, is whether he can handle playing part-time and, and not getting in every day and, and having two days on and three days off and, and being a good defensive catcher. He had some work to do defensively too, but he seems like he's better in that area as well. So we'll see. Uh, he thinks that because he has a better uh, under, he has a better understanding of the of the job and how to prepare that he didn't have last year just because he's, you know, he's a rookie, now he kind of gets it and he thinks he'll be better. How much help does he get from Ryan Hannigan, who's really sort of the consummate professional guy that has just surprised everyone with his ability to not only uh, stick in the major leagues but be a very, very effective uh, catcher, uh, both behind the plate and and while he, and hitting. Uh, how do those, well, he those get help? Yeah, yeah. Um, he does, I mean, Hannigan again. Another you talk about smart players. He's right up there too with Votto. He's a very, very intelligent guy, and he has a firm grasp of of the game and of people and of pitchers and, and what needs to be done. He's he's an incredibly intelligent guy. Um, I don't think that a lot of the problems that Mesoraco had was so much in, in preparation for catching. It, it, a lot of that comes with experience and, and understanding pitchers and hitters and, and things like that. Um, one of the people that Mesoraco actually kind of leaned on was, was uh, Miguel uh, Cairo uh, because – Miguel Cairo is always prepared as a pinch hitter and a come-off-the-bench guy, and that was one area where Mesoraco really had a shortcoming was that he wasn't ready for whatever reason to, 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 to be cold and come off the bench and, and be productive. And he said that was somebody that, that helped him to get ready to understand that when you, even when you're not playing, you have to do certain things behind the scenes to keep yourself ready to go, that if they do call on you, you can produce. Do you see there being a situation where he's uh, he's got to come in and produce pretty quickly because if Olivo accepts that uh, uh, I guess the Triple A uh, assignment and sticks around with the Reds, they'll have this veteran guy in Triple A ready to ready to really have sort of a classic backup catcher. You, you think there's pressure on Mesoraco to produce early? 
Well, I think there will be, but I don't think it's going to be because of Olivo. I have a feeling Olivo will not be with the Reds come uh, April 1st or even in the organization. It sounds like uh, just hearing some things that, that he may have a major league offer somewhere else, so I don't oh, okay. think he's going to be with the Reds. Uh, well, then it's Corky Miller, but we don't mind seeing him in Cincinnati. That guy's uh, that guy's a character, I guess, isn't he? Well, I'll tell you what, Corky Miller, he, he's not known for hitting at all, and, and <laughs> I'm not going to say that he, no matter what he's told me, that he's working on some things, that he's going to be a, a great hitter. But what he is is a very good catcher. And if you notice, if you look back at 2010 when he did have to come up, the, the pitching staff didn't miss a beat. He was actually, he's very good working with pitchers, and he, he has a clue, and he's, Dusty Baker said he'd be a future pitching coach uh, with the organization at some point because he, he really does understand that part of the game very well. And I think if if they had to call on Corky Miller, Corky Miller, would it, at least behind the plate, the pitching staff would not suffer. No, I think that's absolutely true from what I've seen. Uh, and I can't imagine that I would uh, be in favor of a guy that can't hit. I mean, he, he can't hit at the major league level uh, anymore if he ever could, but uh, he still could be uh, – he could help this team if they needed him. And let's hope it doesn't come to that, but if, uh, it's good to have him. Now, what about the back of the bullpen? Uh, I'm personally hoping J.J. Hoover sneaks in there, but I'm not sure I see how he's going to since he has uh, certainly options. And they just gave Andrusek uh, this two-year deal in the off season. Uh Any chance Hoover makes it? Uh, how do you see all that playing out? Or do you have any idea at this point? I think Hoover is going to make it. I, I, I can't see if they want to win now, like they say they do, you have to take Hoover North. That's and, what I've been saying. Uh, yes. They want to win. And, and Andrzejczyk has options. He did sign a two-year deal, but he's not. he has options left, and that means he can go down. And he didn't – he was better today, but he still gave up a two-run a two run home run. But um, right now it's it's really going to be tough. It's got, you, got, you got Hoover. You got Manny Parra who they can't send down, from what I understand, because he's a, he's a five-year major league veteran. He has to approve being optioned. So you, you know, wonder what he's going to do. And then you have Alfredo Simon, who is the long guy, but didn't really pitch much this spring because of the World Baseball Classic. He got used once in uh, to the Dominican. So they have to really figure some of this stuff out. And he's out of options. Jose Arredondo's out of options. So they have, they have some business side issues as well as performance things they have to figure out. But I... I, I think my gut tells me that when they leave here, Hoover's going to be with the team. Well, that'll definitely be a sign that they're they're serious when they say that uh, they're all in for this year. But you're right, there's a lot of arms out there, and, and they may end up having to lose someone. Of course, that's a lot better uh, situation than some years when they barely had enough arms to fill out the bullpen. So, Correct. So even, even that's a positive, I guess. Yeah, um, there's no – that's one thing that makes this team very good, and not just in the pitching area, but everywhere, is that – they just have depth that they didn't have years ago, and and in the pitching especially, they have you know probably ten guys that could fill seven spots right now, and that's that's something you know a few years ago they were just picking the least worst guy to be that last bullpen guy, and that's a big difference in the uh, the, the mindset of a of an organization. Jonathan Broxton expected to close, I'd, I'd say, but I know you've talked to him, and he's he's okay with being the setup guy on this club. Yeah. He really is more focused on winning and, and trying to get a, a World Series ring than he is about being hung up on a roll. He knew going in to this that if he signed the deal, there was a chance he may not close, that they may stick with Chapman. And apparently he knew that his eyes were wide open going into the deal. So it's it's not a it's not a hang-up for him. He's, he's, he's on board. Uh, one last question I wanted to, to ask you about was uh, Homer Bailey, who has – he looked awful the other day, but he took a, a step forward last year, had a really good uh, 
September and October. Um, how's he? Uh, you can't really trust spring training numbers much. I know we got shelled obviously in the one start, but how's he looked? He's been fine. I, yeah, like you said, it's it's hard to tell because he's. But I would say he looks good in the sense that he's he's in the same fitness area that he was in last year. He be out of you know he bulked up a little bit. He got stronger physically, which I think has always been a thing that he didn't have going in going into some of his early years. He's very strong. He's he's got the strength now and the stamina to be able to pitch 200 innings. He's done that now after one year. He, he finally gets that, that mark last year. And uh, he, you know, I think he, he's not living in the past either, though. It's one of those things, like, I asked him about one time and, you know, hey, all the struggles you went through, you kind of finally put it together. Do you ever feel like what the journey was like? He's like, I don't really think about that stuff. I just stay in the present. And I don't think he's thinking about the no-hitter. He's not thinking about how he ended last season. He's really just focused on now. And I think – there's no reason why he can't put it together and have the same kind of uh, outings that he had towards the end of this this past season. I think he he can do it. It's just a question of can he do, will he do it and can he stay healthy? Because last year he was healthy for the first time all season, and that's something you just can't take for granted with Homer Bailey because he's had some injury issues. Well, it should be a, a fun season. Hopefully, it's an interesting season for you uh, covering. How long have you been on the Reds beat now? What? How many years is it? So, uh, this is my eighth season. I've been this is my thirteenth season with MLB.com and my eighth season with the Reds. That's hard to believe, isn't it? It went fast. I'll tell you that. No doubt. Uh, well, let's hope the next eight slows down just a little bit, since we're all getting a little bit older. But uh, yeah, Mark, exactly. You're doing good work, and uh, enjoy reading your your work at Reds.com. And uh, really appreciate you taking a few minutes for me this evening. Chad, it's my pleasure, and uh, thank you for all the support for reading and for linking to my stories. I really appreciate it. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.